Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Giannis yeah. is probably the two that, that would be in consideration right now as the favorites for player of the decade in the 20s. 888 957 957 Warriors this week. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason here on 95.7 The Game. Who's going to be the player of the 20s? <laughs> <laughs> and why? By the we were- way, I, I, one more silly one on the tournament. I apologize. Bobby had a great question. If you win the tournament, the in-season tournament, is champagne involved? No. I think there's going to be. No. I agree with you. There shouldn't be, there will but not I think be. there will be. There 100% will I think be. the league will encourage them, look, we're going to have the champagne in there. We want you guys to celebrate because we're trying to convince everybody that this is a thing, that it means something. So please go nuts, okay? The party's on us. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you're going to see it. I, and I'm personally, and I think Steve Kerr mentioned this at, at one point because you know, he's a big baseball fan. And baseball, they have all kinds of celebrations. You oh, get into the playoffs, it's a celebration. You win we the wild won card the wild game, card. it's a celebration. You win every time you win in advance or get in, it's a celebration. And I, you know, Steve Kerr addressed this uh, a couple of years ago. I think in watching the baseball playoffs, and he wants more celebrations. He, you know, he kind of joked, "Hey, we should do that in the NBA. Celebrate every round." I want more celebrations in terms of champagne in the NBA. I think the NFL should have more celebrations as far as like getting into the playoffs because it's such a grind to win. You know, you win your division in the NFL, you get to have a, a a champagne celebration. Like if you're the Niners and you win tomorrow in Seattle and you win the one seed, spray yourself silly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so I'm pro more champagne celebrations, but not not for the NCC. We've been dancing around the real question that we have to answer here, and I think it's because we we are going to disagree here. Uh, who is the player of this decade? As the decade comes to a close, if you had to give the award for the player of the decade, who would you give it to? I think you got to go Steph Curry, and I think you got to go LeBron James. I think you got to go Steph Curry. And it's a little tricky because, you know, Steph didn't come into his own until the decade was rolling a little bit, really. 2012, 2013. That's okay. And he's had, you know, a good, good portion of this season wiped away. But I think when you look at the consecutive MVPs, the unanimous MVP. Unanimous, yeah, that's big. The three championships, the five finals appearances, and the way that he's changed the game in terms of you're going to have a whole generation of kids and players coming up that are going to be trying to play the way he does. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to look back and, and you're going to say, wow, Stephen Curry, player of the decade. How many finals appearances did you say? Five. That's cute. That's cute because LeBron had, what, eight in a row? I think it's LeBron, and you can make a strong case, obviously, for either guy. LeBron also had three titles. He was in the finals eight years in a row. Three MVPs, three finals MVPs. That's pretty good. And he won a championship with 
the Cavs over Steph Curry's historic Warrior team. Yeah, and, he, and he also lost to Steph Curry yeah, yeah, yeah. three but, times. Yeah, but it, but he actually beat that team, the team that won 73, not he, but they, he led the Cavs over that Warriors team. I know that won't be a popular choice around these parts, um, and I don't think you could go wrong with either guy, but I think LeBron deserves it a little bit more than Steph. And, and how much would, you know, I think it's interesting, too, because the Warriors are going to get credit. You know, if the Warriors have a number of guys, if you start to put together an all-decade team, the Warriors have a number of guys that I think would get consideration, but because their reign of dominance was more toward the middle and the back half of the decade, do they maybe get penalized for that a little bit as opposed to dominance from 2010 to 2019? Well, I don't know. Durant would have to go on there, right? But you'd also have to consider his time with the Thunder. And that wouldn't necessarily be a negative for him in terms of being a player of the decade. Right, right. But, I mean, he'd be on the all-decade team, right? I mean, there's no question. Yes. Yeah. Would he be an all-decade team starter? Uh, just off the top of my head, all-decade yeah. all team starters would be Curry, for me, Harden, LeBron, Durant, and then I'm not sure. But I'd go, I don't know that I would go with a true power forward. Hmm. And who's your center? That's what I was going to ask you. I, I'm, I'm not sure that I can come up with a center off the top. Yeah, I don't know. Do you have a power uh, forward? Um, no, well, I was thinking of Joel Embiid, but he's not all decade. No. Right? Now, may, he might be in the conversation for the next decade, I think, with guys like Giannis and Luka Doncic. I'd put him on the top. You know, if, if you're coming up with a top five, I know we're getting off on a couple of different tangents here, 888 We're coming up on a – if you had to lay odds for the top, let's say, three to five players of the decade for – the 20s, I think Embiid would be in the top five for could-be players of the decade for the 20s. Would, uh, well, I was going to ask if Dirk should be on there, but he was pretty much in decline the most of this decade. Nah, he would have been on the all-decade team from the previous decade. Yeah, Kobe and, Bryant would have been on the all-decade right. team from the last decade. Do you have to have a guy at each quote-unquote position, especially given that basketball is more positionless than it's ever Are been? Are you trying to make a case for Draymond Green as the best center of the decade? I No. I, I was not. Interesting that you bring that up. Yeah. I'm just just curious when you start to, to go down that road. And then where would Clay Thompson fit? I mean, he would be on an all-decade team if you were doing a first-team, second-team, third-team. But he wouldn't be. I mean, is that is is Curry, Harden, LeBron, Durant, blank? Is that just the baseline starting point for the all-decade team? Yeah, I don't think there's any question. I mean, there's no way you could say, uh, how about Russ? I think Russ would be on the team. He wouldn't be a starter. But do you have to have a, a power forward slash center? Or are we just picking the five best players? Well, I think LeBron is... Okay. I mean, getting LeBron... Anthony Davis? I don't see, and I don't think Anthony Davis has done enough this decade. And he also wouldn't want to be the all-decade team center because he doesn't like to play center. <laughs> so, I mean, would, would you have to go Dwight Howard? No, I don't think and he, he could. And he's the last decade, too. So, I mean, and that that in and of itself, I think, Whitey is telling about where we are. How the game has changed. Is that you can't even really pinpoint a center. Uh, just that, that stands out. You know, Carl Anthony Towns, no chance. I think the game is swinging back in that direction a little bit, but it happened later in the decade. 
So we got Embiid and Carl Anthony Towns. Getting a lot of Dwight Howard on the Chilton Auto Body text line. Dwight Howard's a Hall of Famer. I don't know if he should be on the All-Decade team. 415, I hate to say this, but CP3? CP3 over Steph? No way. Marcus All? Yeah, especially since he's got that ring. He's got the bling and he's got the ring. It's probably Marcus All. Mm-hmm. Rudy Gobert? Not enough yet? Mm, certainly deserves a merit solid consideration, but he doesn't seem like he's he's done enough to be all freaking decade. The five the five one oh having some fun. Zaza or JaVale. For the all decade team. Can't center. go wrong. But I think it might have to be Marcus All. DeMarcus Cousins? <sighs> nope. Close, but nope. I can't believe you don't want to put Anthony Davis on there. I, I think Anthony Davis, I'm I'm more of the the Steiny ilk in turn like I, I think Anthony Davis is damn good. I, I do think he's a superstar. Mm-hmm. But I I just I if he doesn't if he's on record not wanting to be a center and not liking to play center, I can't put him as the greatest center of the decade. I just can't do it. Well, power forward. Steven Adams were... give Steven Adams. Oh, come on. I thought of that. I wasn't gonna say that. You had to go Marcus Oliver, Steven Adams. Yeah. I would put Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis definitely is on my You would put him as the power forward. Decade team. He's a couple years he's played center. If he doesn't like playing center, I don't care. I need a center on my all decade team. He's on the team. Where exactly we slot him, I'm not sure. Even though he came in the league in uh, you know, uh twenty twelve. Seven oh four, you have to go cousins over A D. No, I don't. DeMarcus Cousins gets some consideration in this. Yeah, I would give him a little bit of consideration, but I wouldn't put him on first, second, or third team. He was just he got hurt a so lot. So if you're carrying and, three centers, who are your three centers? And Davis is a power forward. Well, maybe I don't have to carry three centers. DeAndre Jordan would be another one, I think, that would have to be considered. I thought of him too, but uh, boy, I don't know. I think I would put Gobert all decade before DeMarcus Cousins. Really? Yeah, I would. Cousins put up some really impressive but ultimately empty numbers in Sacramento for a few years. Other than that, what did he do? Well, I mean, I think you have to wonder if that's enough, given some of the other options here. I, I think Marcus Saul is probably the center. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I'll and go then, with that. And then I'll give you, if you want to go power forward, and you know, Blake Griffin would deserve some consideration, I think, for this decade. Chris Paul definitely has to be on the team somewhere. If I think we have a first, second, third. I team. think Chris Paul is call. second team point guard. And Dwight Howard, the the more closely you look at it, he does deserve some consideration, some serious consideration. Kawhi has to be on there. Yes, but is Kawhi a second team? I think Kawhi's a second team all decade with Chris Paul, and you know maybe a Clay Thompson. Eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero, and then how much do you have to weigh players that have come on toward the back half of the decade, a la Giannis, a la Embiid? You know, do they have to get consideration as far as guys that are going to be on an all-decade second team or third team? Uh, if I'm going first team, I'm going Steph, James Harden, LeBron James, Kevin Durant. I'm just going two forwards and Marcus All as That's the pretty center. Solid. Second team, Chris Paul, Clay Thompson, Kawhi Leonard, 
And then it gets a little bit tricky. Probably Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis. Yes, Anthony Davis. Probably Anthony Davis. And then, honestly, I think it's got to be DeAndre Jordan or DeMarcus Cousins. Boy, I don't. Neither one of them won anything. Where would Kyrie be? Um, Third team. Third team point guard? Third team, yeah, all decade. But then you got to have Westbrook on there, too, and I think Westbrook's probably a third teamer. 888 It's John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason here. Warriors this week on 95.7 The Game. Who's your player of the decade? LeBron. And give us your all-decade team as far as, you know, first team and maybe even second team. Is there a case to be made for Clay Thompson to be on the first team? I, I mean, I still think you look at everything that James Harden's done in terms of just I love Clay. I couldn't put him Numbers. on first team. Second team, about right for Clay? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And Draymond does probably belong at least on the third team. Yeah. I think you could make a case with everything that the Warriors have done this decade, and you could say they have absolutely earned all three of those players to be on those top three teams. Damian Lillard, has he been around long enough? I mean, Damian Lillard was drafted in 2012. Mm-hmm. I'm putting him on my team somewhere. Yeah, Damian Lillard is probably, yeah, he's got to be third team, right? And then you start to wonder, okay, well, who who gets left off? And it gets tough. But I would probably, yeah, I, Damian Lillard would have to be on there. But as far as the big award, which all the players are, you know, hoping they win here from the Warriors uh, this week, my player of the decade would have to go to LeBron. Sorry, sorry, Steph Curry. And they've both been phenomenal. And I know that there's going to be some local bias. Um, that's understandable, but... The, the biggest reason I would argue Steph over LeBron is because Steph did it in one place, and LeBron picked and chose his spots. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but when you consider what they accomplished, I think it's more impressive for a guy to stay in one place and get it done than it is for a guy to pick this spot. I'm going to go to Miami, and then, okay, I'm going to go back to Cleveland. But even considering that, I still think what LeBron did is more impressive. And, and you also maybe have to put into consideration – Gosh, even guys like Dwayne Wade. We've had a couple of Kobe's. Dirk did win a championship. Yeah, I was thinking Dirk. I was even considering Duncan, but uh, no, he was just. I mean, Dirk won the one championship this decade. Duncan won the one championship right, this decade. Twenty fourteen. Yeah, Dwayne Wade is one. You know, Dwayne Wade was still pretty darn elite at the early part of this yeah, LeBron decade. LeBron doesn't win as many championships as he won without Dwayne Wade. Right. Yeah. And and you could make the same case about Dwayne Wade. Wouldn't win as many championships without LeBron. He did win one without him, but I know that was the previous decade. Yeah, and yeah. with Shaq, you know, with and with Shaq, uh, with Shaq on that team and others. But yeah, I, I think it's I think it's interesting when you start trying to come up with, you know, players that were still at an extremely high level at the beginning of the decade. You know, Kobe Bryant won a championship and. In this decade. I mean, that that's what's pretty amazing, right? I mean, when you think about it, you know, Kawhi Leonard won two championships with two different teams. You had Stephen Curry make it to five straight finals and win three. You had LeBron win three championships with two different teams. And you had, you know, guys like Duncan, Dirk, and Kobe all win rings this decade. I mean, it really is. I mean, it just transcends a lot of... You know, a couple of different really eras of of NBA basketball. This is from NBA.com. This is from August, and they have three teams, and I'll see when I get to the top who actually put this together. Third team all decade. 
Again, this is NBA.com. Wade, Kobe, Paul George, Aldridge, oh. and Giannis. Oh, my God. Paul George is not anywhere near the all-decade team. Second team, oh. CP3, Russ, Davis, Blake Griffin, and Carmelo. Yeah, I Mello would Mello and Paul George are out. I do think Blake Griffin deserves some consideration. First team, Steph, Harden, LeBron, Durant, and <laughs> Kawhi Leonard. Oh, that, so just no center. Yeah, right. Okay. That Again, that's according to uh, NBA.com, and that was Kari Arnold putting that together in August. Let's get to Mike in Daly City. Mike, you're on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Mike. Hey, guys. Just a couple of names I haven't heard. Um, just the third team center, not great, but Al Horford is been around the whole decade and just has been on bad teams. You know, you can't penalize him for that. Yeah, he was, well, and he was on some pretty good teams, too. A really good yeah. Hawks team yeah. that ran into he LeBron. Yeah, and on Boston. Yeah. yeah. It was a critical point. You know, they didn't win, but he contributed quite a bit. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate the call. Yeah, I mean, he was on, like you said, the, the really good Hawks team and some good Boston teams and now on the this Philadelphia team, although they're going to get into 2020. Do you remember the starters on that Hawks team? Uh, that would have been 2015, right? That Jeff actually, Teague, one of them? All five guys, they shared Player of the Week honors. Yes. It was Millsap. It was Teague. Uh, it was Horford. Corver? Uh, uh, Corver, and I think it was uh, Damari Carroll. Okay. And yeah. they all got, oh, they're all Player of the Week. I remember that. Yeah. That was a good team. That was a really good team. Um, yeah, Damian Lillard is somebody that I would I would really want to put on there. So you don't like this third team that NBA.com has? Well, I get... D. Wade, Kobe, Paul George, LaMarcus Aldridge, and Giannis? Paul George is, doesn't get a sniff. <laughs> I mean, Paul George would be on the all-decade 10th team. Five all-NBAs in the decade. Dwayne Wade, eight all-stars, four all-NBAs, 20 points a game. I think D. Wade, yeah, definitely. Wade has a yeah. big-time case. Yeah, Wade has a big-time case. All right, John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason, 888-957-9570. We'll get back into this conversation. Uh, Connor Letourneau is going to join us, though, coming up next here on 95.7 The Game. Now back to Warriors This Week on 95.7 The Game. Here on a Saturday, Warriors this week, John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason. Let's get to our next guest, and it is a pleasure to be joined by Warriors beat writer for the Chronicle. It is Connor Laterno. He joins us here on 95.7 The Game. Connor, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Uh, we really appreciate you coming on, Connor. Uh, if I had to, to right out of the shoot, say who's your NBA player of the decade, uh, who would you go with? Ooh, um... Honestly, I'd probably have to go with Steph, uh, just because he won three NBA, three NBA titles. He was the face of the team that was the dynasty of the decade, and he really revolutionized the game in a lot of ways in that time with the three-pointers and just his overall joy and, and playing style. I think you got to give it to Steph. Connor, I'm just wondering, did you and J.D. set that up last night at the game? Because I said LeBron and he said Steph. And it's just, to me, it's a little suspicious that you come on and you, you agree with him right away. So this obviously was a setup, right? I wasn't even aware. <laughs> that, but I'm not surprised because J.D.'s a smart guy. So Okay. Uh, All right. uh, what do you think the um, the decade 
of NBA basketball will most be remembered for? I think the Warriors dynasty, um, everything that that entailed. Um, you know, it really was a historic time just in terms of the way they played. They, they really ratcheted up the tempo in the NBA. They helped usher in a position, a positionless brand of basketball. Um, you know, obviously the three pointers. And I think that that's going to be remembered more than just the 73 wins or, you know, uh, certain records that individual players broke. I think it's it, the legacy that they're going to leave is just how they help change the game because I don't, I don't see it, uh, going back to the way it was to the, the seven foot centers, you know, just bowling guys in the, in the key over and over and over. Um, I think that the Warriors really changed the game, and uh, that that's going to be how they're remembered. And to that point, Connor, you know, we were thrown around all decade, first team, second team, third team, and, and we just couldn't in, in good faith come up with even a single center that, that was that was really appropriate to, to put on a first team. It, it, we kept thinking, no, it's got to be another wing player, right? If you, if you want to go Curry, let's say Harden, LeBron, Durant, well, the next logical fifth guy is probably Kawhi Leonard if you're going to if you're going to put just the best five. Yeah, yeah, I mean Joel Embiid wasn't healthy enough. Uh Anthony Davis but, maybe if you put him at center. Yeah, Anthony Davis probably would be the best option, but those Pelicans teams weren't really good enough I think to to warrant that type of inclusion. So, um yeah, that's tough. Um, and, and you, you find that with the All-Star game too is, is sometimes it's tough to find a center who deserves to be on the court with the Giannis's and the Stephs and guys of that caliber. Connor Latorno with us on 95-7 the game. And obviously 10 years from now, people will be debating the all-decade uh, credentials of uh, Alan Smyla Geach. What did you make <laughs> of his debut last night? <laughs> I was really impressed. Uh, I think for those of us who maybe aren't super familiar with his game or, or haven't gotten a chance to watch his game, Santa Cruz, you got a sneak peek of what he's about. He's a guy who is really confident, uber confident. Um, he loves the ball in his hands. He loves putting it on the floor. He loves attacking the rim. He loves shooting three-pointers. Um, and... The big thing I know that the guys in Santa Cruz have worked on with him is, hey, how do you make, how do you impact the game when you, the ball is not in your hands? But he is, for someone who's 19 years old, two years ago was playing in the Serbian third division, which is the semi-pro league uh, in rec league-sized gyms with with soccer goals uh, in the back of behind the baskets. <laughs> uh, it's incredible what he's been able to accomplish in a short amount of time. And I think uh, he provided in those five minutes that he played in the first quarter last night exactly what the Warriors wanted. As, as Draymond Green put it, he's, he, he had a coach in high school tell him, if, you, if a coach gives you two minutes, you want to make him give you four. And that's exactly what Smiley did last night. I think Steve had allotted him two minutes. He ended up playing almost five. Um, and so the future is super bright for this guy. He's been doing tremendous things in Santa Cruz the past couple weeks. He's become absolutely dominant in that league, and um, the guy's only 19 years old. You know, he could be a college freshman right now uh, if he was, you know, not coming from Serbia. So, um, absolutely 
something to be excited about for the Warriors. Connor, what did you make of, of Steve Kerr essentially saying the Warriors are not worried about Kai Bowman and Damian Lee's status? They're, they're two of the top seven players in the rotation, and they're just going to be here for now. The team's playing better, obviously, winning four in a row. What, what was your big takeaway from, from Steve being so adamant that, hey, they're just going to play it out at this point? Well, I asked I asked Steve point blank um, pregame, are you guys actively looking to create ro- spots on that 15-man roster for Damian and or Kai? And if you look at his answer, he he couldn't come out, obviously, and say we are definitely going to find them spots, but he did say that they're looking into options and he can't really speak publicly about it. But if you read between the lines, and having talked to people in the organization, I know that they're spending a lot of time trying to figure out creative ways to get one or both of them on that 15-man roster. And um, at this point, you know, I, I know that that's actually Bob Myers' probably biggest priority right now. And um, the question is, if you can only free up one spot, which might be the only feasible thing, at least in the next few weeks who do you give it to right because they both have really compelling cases um i actually think at this point damian lee has shown that he probably deserves it even a little bit more than kai uh because he's he's emerged as one of their best scoring options you know he's emerged as a legitimate bona fide starting shooting guard for this team and they don't have a ton of depth there so I think they need to find a way to keep Damien around. The good thing for the Warriors is that on those two-way contracts, you have their rights after the season. So they can re-sign them to a minimum contract or do whatever they want to do with them after the season. It's just a matter of keeping them around at the NBA level the rest of this season. So I think there's a good chance Ty has to go back to Santa Cruz for a little bit, maybe until March, until that prorated NBA minimum falls below what the Warriors have under the, the hard cap. Um, but there's a good chance in my mind that both Damian and Kai end up with the Warriors come March. And is part of the appeal of you know keeping Damian Lee around also the fact that if the Warriors do make a move to free up a spot, let's say a trade, Alec Burks would maybe be the most likely guy to be headed elsewhere just because of his value to, to potential playoff teams? Yeah, I, I've been saying that for a while now that Alec Burks, to me, is really the only guy that makes sense to part with. And, you know, it's a credit to Alec Burks because the fact that he's come in and done his job and emerged as a a really helpful scorer off the bench means that he has value to potential playoff contenders as as a guy who can come in and fill it up off the bench. And the guy's on a minimum contract, so there's a lot of value there for a team contending for something. And I think, you know, even though he's been helpful for the Warriors, he doesn't really figure into their long-term plans. And um, it makes sense to part with him to free up a spot for someone like Damian or Kai, who potentially could be more of a piece for them in 2020-21. So if they can trade Burks for even just like a second-round pick, you know, a future asset, um, that that would be a good move, I think for the Warriors, and I, I, I don't think that that would be hard to find a suitor willing to give up a second-round pick for him. Catching up with Connor Letourneau from the Chronicle. 
on 95.7 The Game. The Warriors now, obviously, four straight wins. They've come from 13 down each of the last two games, but the win over the Rockets, the signature win of the year. How much of what the Warriors did Wednesday do you think is repeatable? Um, I think I think a lot of it is repeatable um, because they're you know it's not like they played a perfect game. You know, none of these four wins have they have they played a flawless game. They've had areas where they've struggled, but they've found ways to win the game, mostly defensively. Um, you know what the what this team has done defensively the past few weeks has been extremely impressive in my mind um, because you look at where they were at the start of the season; they were by far the worst defense in the NBA. And over the past couple months, Jaron Collins, who's in his first year as the quote-unquote defensive coordinator in place of Ron Adams, who's taken a step back in his responsibilities this season, um, I think he's really gotten comfortable with the personnel and, and how to get the most out of them. And guys have kind of found a rhythm with each other, and uh, they're playing really hard. And, you know, they don't have that elite perimeter defender like an Andre Iguodala or a Clay Thompson right now. But they're, they're learning how to be in the right place at the right time. And um, what they did on Harden on the, in the Christmas game was nothing short of remarkable. I mean, holding Harden to one free throw, I think that was like the third time he's ever been held, you know, since he's become an MVP, MVP caliber player, the third time he's been ever been held to only one free throw. Um, so absolutely impressive performance. And, and I think, you know, defense, there's no reason why they can't keep that defense up. They have enough healthy bodies. Um, so, it, you know, this, I'm not saying this team's going to make the playoffs, but they can give teams a, a hard time. You know, they, there can be a lot of competitive games. Uh, the one thing, Connor, that the Warriors really haven't had to acknowledge because they've been so uh, riddled with injuries and because their record has been so poor, they, they haven't really had to acknowledge the T word, right? And, and, and doing things specifically to alter their one loss record. Obviously, everybody who's playing on a given night wants to win, and Steve Kerr has doubled and tripled down anytime it's even halfway come up about wanting wins to come, believing wins are coming, and, and how hard this team has worked to, to earn those wins. Do you think there will come a time, though, where the Warriors are going to maybe not publicly have to acknowledge it, but acknowledge it based on the moves that they make uh, as far as injury management, or who's on the roster at some point to ensure a certain positioning uh, in the lottery odds race? Yeah, you know, um, that's a good question. I, I don't, I don't, I think it's it's one of those things where when Steve says that we're not tanking, I think he's largely talking about you know how his players and how the team itself approaches each game. Um, and but the reality is, as you alluded to tanking can come, sometimes come down to what the front office decides. And so um, I don't see this front office making any drastic moves uh, this season, including trading D'Angelo Russell. I, I, I think that they're going to wait till this summer to see. And I don't think, I don't think, I think that they are planning still to bring back Steph in March. So um, I think that they're, they're going to, they're going to go through what what is has been their plan all season, and you know what? If that means that they don't finish with a bottom three record and they finish with the 
fourth worst record or the fifth worst record. I don't think that's the end of the world for this team. Um, there isn't anyone in the, who's mentioned in the among the top pick. You know, uh, Edwards out of Georgia, Lonzo Ball or uh, sorry, Lamelo Ball or uh, Wiseman out of Memphis who the Warriors love right now. Um, and I'm talking to people, it sounds like the guy they like the most is Obi Toppin from Dayton, uh, who's emerging as a potential top five pick, but not a guy who's going to go number one. So I don't think they're too worried. They're going to be too worried if they don't end up getting that number one pick. You know, they, they might end up trading this pick or, uh, you know, finding value, you know, in the later part of the, the top five or, or in the middle of the top ten. Hey, Connor, today the Mavs come into Chase Center. How good are the Mavs? And um, if you were Steve Kerr, who are you starting on, don't you? Who's going to guard, don't you, today? Um, I think you're going to see a mix of Glenn Robinson. Uh, Glenn Robinson will probably start on him. Um, you know, he's, he's shown that he can hold his own against some of the best scorers in the league. Um, obviously did a really nice job on James Harden the other day. So I think you're going to see a lot of Glenn Robinson. And then you're also going to see, I think, a decent amount of Kai Bowman. Um, Kai guarded him for significant stretches when they were in Dallas. And even though Doncic had a phenomenal game, I actually thought that Bowman did as well as you could. You know, picking him up at 94 feet, uh, he's, he's, he's doing everything he can to stay in front of the guy. And the thing about Bowman that the Warriors love is he just he gives it all every single defensive possession. You know, his big mantra is 94 feet, 94 feet. He loves being that guy who picks up teams full court and so uh, or picks up players full court. So uh, probably a mix of those two guys mainly. Connor, great stuff. We really appreciate it. We'll talk to you again soon, and we'll see you in a few hours. All right, appreciate you guys. All right, Connor Letourneau, the Chronicle, joining us here. You on guys set that up clearly. That was a setup. I'm going to say Steph Curry, so then you're going to be on the air, and then you say Steph Curry, okay, and agree with me. Okay, J.D., whatever. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> we go way back. I know. Con Cron. I know. No, I think Steph would win that uh, for what it's worth around here anyway, right? Player of the decade, Steph Curry. Sure. I mean, there's a hell of a case to be made for LeBron James, though, when you look at I mean, he was, what, all-NBA first team for the entire decade, right? Every single year? He was All-NBA the whole decade. He was an All-Star every year. Uh, Steph was, I mean, 6-6. Six and six. Eight finals. Mm-hmm. Right? In a, in a row, yeah. Eight finals yeah. in a row. And, wow. And, and he won three. Yeah. It's just, I, I think one of the things that jumps out here is you try to, um, you know, you participate in this little exercise, is, as we said, the fact that you have a hard time coming up with centers. And in the past, in the NBA, that's where you would start in the old days of the NBA because teams would build around their franchise centers. You got to have a franchise center. And now it's like there are there are there any? Well, and, and I think if there's anything that's indicative of this decade, it's the fact that okay, it's gonna you're not gonna have a center on the first team. You're gonna have three wings, right? Or you're gonna have a yes. small ball center. Yeah, it's no mystery. Uh, the game is so much more perimeter oriented. I mean, just look how many threes the Rockets take. And compare that to how many threes teams used to take at the beginning of the decade. It's night and day. Yeah, it re- it really is. And you know, math won out. I guess. Yeah. As far as but the Rockets still haven't. Interestingly enough, no, the Rockets still haven't. And, and you had you know teams like the Warriors who you know would be among the highest shooting mid range teams 
you know, winning. Obviously, when you've got Kevin Durant, though, that's going to skew things. But uh, the Warriors, you know, they were pretty good at making twos in addition to being, you know, one of the teams and, and the team with at least a couple of players that were a part of the NBA three-point movement, if you will. Are you with me, though? All decade for the 2020s, I got Ja Morant joining Luka and Giannis. Yeah, I, I think I haven't he's, figured out the whole team yet, but I got Jaw on there. I, yeah, and I think I'm gonna. I think Ben Simmons is one that you got to put in that category. I'm not sure exactly where he'll fit. Again, another guy that you know positionally he's a point guard, but you could probably put him one, two, three, four. You know, you know anywhere along yeah. that list. Yeah, and as far as all decade for the just uh, finishing decade, yeah, we I overlooked this guy because I just was never a fan. Uh, but Kobe probably needs to be on the all-decade team, maybe third team, uh, seven all-star appearances, even though I think one year he was an all-star when he played you know, just a few games and he got hurt. Uh, All-NBA four times, averaged 20, 25 points a game, so Kobe probably has to go somewhere on one of the all-decade teams. And also I hate to do it, but I think he's got to. Win a championship in yeah. 2010. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and there, are, there are that group of players that I've alluded to that do have a championship, you know, great, all-time great, players Kobe Dirk uh, Nowitzki Dirk got one yeah. in 2011 and even Tim Duncan, Tim Duncan who would certainly be on the all decade team for the previous decade uh I it, it's hard for me to you, you almost need an OG category mm-hmm. right you almost need a, a you know a fourth tier where you can say all right you're going to put Kobe on there with Dirk and Tim Duncan and maybe Dwayne Wade and pick your fifth because there appears to be a vacuum when it comes to bigger players, power forwards and centers that are legitimate candidates for all decade, I think a guy that gets sucked into that vacuum is LaMarcus Aldridge, who's been really, really good. Now, you may not think of him as he was an all-decade caliber player, but if you're looking for the best bigs of the decade, LaMarcus Aldridge. LaMarcus Aldridge has been good, and he's been on some good teams. He's helped, you know, whether it was the Portland teams that he was on or, you know, now San Antonio the last couple of years. He's been he's been good and been on good teams. Uh so I yeah, I think he would deserve he would be in the those deserving consideration. I don't know that I would put him on a top three team. Yeah, I just think if you were committed to putting, you know, forward power forward centers, I think if you did it that well, way. Well I'd put Blake Griffin ahead of him if you were gonna do really? that. Really? Yeah. I definitely would. Yeah, I, he's uh, in this list, he Blake is second team. And LaMarcus Aldridge, 13. Yeah, and I think Anthony Davis, if you're going to put, you know, if you're going to put Anthony Davis at at center, I think you've got a case to be made for putting him at center. I I, I think if you're going to choose to put him at power forward, I would probably put him right there with, you know, him and Blake Griffin would be the best two power forwards of the decade. Is Carmelo on any of your all-decade teams? He would be on the last decade. He wouldn't be on this decade. Eight-time all-star this decade. Yeah. Maybe Three he's all You know what? Maybe he's the fifth on the maybe he's the fifth guy on the OG team. I can't do it cuz I still don't like the way I've never liked the way he's played and I don't like the way he plays now. I go Wade, I'll go I'll go OG squad of Wade, Kobe, Mello, and then who else? Who else? Dirk, CP3 Dirk and Duncan. Or he's not OG no, enough. I think I think CP3 would be on my second or third team point guard. All right. Now he'd be legit on the decade, you know, team. Russell Westbrook's got to be there too. Well, the next decade is going to be led by Giannis and Luka Doncic and the Warriors trying to slow down Luka tonight, this afternoon, really. I 
Chase Center. Yeah, a quick turnaround for the Warriors as they'll be back at it. 5.30 tip right here on 95.7 The Game. We will have Warriors live for you, Whitey, because that's how we roll coming up at 4 o'clock from Chase Center. Jim Absolutely. Barnett's going to join us. And then we got the Warriors and the Mavs with Tim and Tom on the call. And, and then we'll be back right after the ball game, uh, breaking it all down. Talking about that fifth consecutive win, perhaps. Draymond had an epiphany. He says is, it's going to happen. This is going to be a tough one. This is going to be the toughest one, I think, of the week. Just because the tougher than the Rockets? Yeah, I think so. Because the Rockets, and I know I, I know the Mavs have played down to the competition at times, those two games against the Knicks. But the Mavs have been really, really, really good. They've been really good, and they've got Doncic back. And I just this is gonna be they they are the combination of They're a tough matchup skill. Too. And you know, they've got a lot of guys that they got a lot of skill yes. to go with athleticism. And you could make a case that nobody put it on the Warriors like they did going back to November. Right. And some of that's because just they're a good team, and I do think matchups have a lot to do with it. I think this is a tough one for the dubs today. And then the Warriors. But they're playing way over their heads now, and they're shutting down everybody, one of the top defensive teams in the league during this streak. Where does it have to get for you, Whitey, for the war, to, for you to say, all right, the playoffs are on the table? What as the far heck? as games I'm, back or record, I mean, I, I just I, I I can't do it at nine and twenty four. Even at five and a half back, I just can't do it at nine and twenty four. I know it's ridiculous, but I'm doing it now because it's just more enjoyable than talking about. Well, let's see the reverse standings, and I know that's important, but they are still much closer in the reverse. No, standings I know that, than, and I know, and I'm, I'm that's that's very important. It's just more fun for me to look at. Wow. They're five and a half back, and look at what a muddled mess it is in the West. And I know that's ridiculous. They've got so many teams that they would have to pass. But I'm already keeping an eye on it because it's a little, it's 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 enjoyable and it's fun to think about, especially when they're winning four in a row. Because I have a feeling, you know, I don't think they're going to win nine in a row. So I'm trying to enjoy this streak while I can. Yeah, I, I think you'd almost have to get to three. Yeah, I think it's got to be three or three and a half. And 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 you also have to start passing some teams. I mean, the yeah, Warriors still still that. are fifteenth right. out of fifteen. The team that really the surprised Conference. me is Memphis. Yeah, I mean they've they've kind of gotten it going again. They had the long losing streak. They, they played pretty well at the beginning. Had the long losing streak, and now they're playing pretty well again. Yeah, John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason, two hours down, two hours to come. Warriors this week. We roll on here on ninety five seven. The game. <laughs> Now back to Warriors This Week on 95.7 The Game. You know, the quote of the night goes to Steve Kerr from last night post game, right? When he said, uh, you cannot stop the Warriors, you can only hope to contain us. Yeah, he was talking to Monty Poole, right? Come uh, on, Monty. Yeah, yeah. come on. Uh, as the Warriors won their fourth consecutive game last night, uh, they beat the Suns and rallied from 13 down to do so. Outscored the Suns 39-18 to in the fourth quarter, and the Warriors have been doing it with defense over the course of the last four games. We welcome you back inside 95-7 the game, our San Francisco studios. It is John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason Warriors this week here uh, as we are with you until 1 o'clock, 888-957-9570, We open up the phone lines again uh, as we have uh, two hours to go in the program. We will be joined by Gary St. Jean at 1230. Uh, and Whitey, you mentioned the defense, and I know this number has been out there, Tim Roy. Uh, the voice of the Warriors who will be on the call tonight. He put it out there. I think uh, Anthony Slater uh, did as well. But the Warriors right now, when you look at uh, their defensive rating and defensive efficiency, the Warriors are, are, are 
it's it's under a hundred right now. I've I've got the exact number here. I was I clicked off the wrong screen, but the Warriors just right now are, are doing a heck of a job. Ninety seven point six their defensive rating since December nineteenth. Yeah, which goes back to even farther than just when this streak started. And before that, in games prior to the beginning of that streak, uh, their defensive rating was 113. So that's quite a turnaround opposing field goal percentage. They were 28th since December 19th. They're third in the NBA. And we've talked a lot about the uh, opposing, the opposition three-point field goal percentage. They were 30th in the league. And since December 19th, they are second. So um, it has been... A spectacular turnaround, and of course, it's also harder to see. For what I mean is, if a team starts playing better because they're making shots, you can see that, right? Like, wow, so and so, John Dickinson's making everything. But when a team's getting it done defensively, it's not as obvious. So it's been a little more subtle, but it has been the foundation of this uh, this run here. And the Warriors still, in stretches of a lot of these games, have have struggled offensively. Yeah, and and, and last night it was a grind for them offensively. Uh, you know, just 18 points in the second quarter, 23 in the third quarter. I mean, it really looked like a slog for a good portion of the night. But as we've seen over the years with much better offensive teams, when the defense gets clicking, it leads to better offense. And that that did happen in the game last night. And the Warriors got in attack mode down the stretch of that game. And they wound up putting up a 39-point quarter. Also got to the free throw line, which is something that when the Warriors have won, and been competitive, they've been getting to the free throw line a lot. Yeah, well, they don't shoot very well to the point you just made. So when you get to the line, you got to knock them down. And there, last night, they made 80%. They shot a very high percentage against the Rockets as well. And during the streak, they've, uh, they've, they've had the knack to knock down big free throws when they need to. Last night, Phoenix gave the game away by committing 27 turnovers. Again, you give the Warriors some credit for that, for forcing some of those turnovers. But that was probably the key to that game last night. Uh, Phoenix turning the ball over 27 times on the Warriors, scoring 28 points off those turnovers. And conversely, the Warriors only turned it over 11 times. That's maybe the most impressive thing about the Warriors this year. For all the different players they've had in and out of the lineup and young players and some games where they only had eight guys, they've done a pretty good job, at times an excellent job, of taking care of the basketball. Yeah, they really have. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure what to make of that. I mean, what wh- what do you think that is? It's a good question. Uh, I I would say, uh, as a guess, the fact that they've had many different people who've been pitching in and helping with the point guard duties that's helped. Burks has done a good job. Kai Bomas done a good job because D'Angelo Russell and um, Draymond. Draymond Green are. Uh, you can run an offense through them, but both of them have committed. Well, not an especially high number of turnovers, but not an especially low number either. So I would say it's a matter of um, players who've pitched in and helped out uh, to carry the the point guard load doing a decent job. But I think it's a good question that we need to look further into. Yeah, and the Warriors playing very well uh, defensively, which has led them to these four straight wins. They're trying to sweep a five-game homestand tonight with the... Dallas Mavericks in town. The Mavs come in at 20 and 10. I think one of the surprise teams in the NBA. Not that they're a good team or a team contending for a playoff spot. I think the Mavs really believed that they were going to be uh, one of those teams that, that were on the outside looking in last year that, that would be able to vault themselves into a playoff position. But I'm, I'm surprised that they're not more maybe where Oklahoma City is. It, you know, right around 500. 
16 and 15, you know, maybe 18 and 13, you know, somewhere in there. The West is pretty weird this year. It's pretty, There's a few it's pretty teams weak. that you look at and say, yeah, I thought the Lakers would be really good, and of course the Clippers, and I thought Denver would be pretty good. But um, many, most of the teams in the West, I'd say, you can look at and go, huh, well, I didn't really see that coming. Yeah, huh, and- Utah, I thought they'd be better. Huh, the Warriors, I didn't think they'd be this bad. Huh, Sacramento, I thought they might be a little better. Huh, Memphis, wow, they're playing better than I thought they would. Huh, Portland, they're terrible. Yeah, there are a lot of swings to it. And Utah's still 19 and 12. I mean, they're they're on their way, although they are currently sixth. Oklahoma City being 500, I think, is impressive. But mm-hmm. they are they are one of the teams, and I think the storyline as to why the standings are the way that they are in the West, to me, I mean, part of it is the Warriors are, are now you know on the bottom. Uh, but So there's more wins to be had there for other teams above them against. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.